I think, you know, we, we can, you know, we can learn from like those people in the blue zones. They're the people who live the longest in the world and they're in five different areas across the world yet. And so they all eat different foods, but what they do have in common is that social connection is a massive part of uh, all of their lifestyles. So it's very much, you know, um, meeting with their friend, walking to the shop, you know, sitting in groups, meeting with their family, eating meals together. So there's a lot of that social connection. I think it's it plays a big part in terms of happiness and longevity. Um, and certainly, you know, in the workplace, like, uh, you know, if you've got good relationships at work, you're probably happy to go to work. You know, you're keen mm. to go to work. You you want to see your work colleagues um, you know, you get on well with them, that sort of thing. This episode is proudly brought to you by Mapper Forwards Workshop. It's time to become a coffee consultant. Learn how to diversify your revenue streams and create freedom from your day job while saying goodbye to that alarm clock forever by becoming a consultant within the coffee industry or directly to consumers who have shifted towards home brewing and home roasting. Protect your income from challenging times in the coffee value chain by taking this course today. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is sadly the last episode of a five-part series with Nicole Dynan, dietitian extraordinaire, who is helping us understand the role of well-being in the workplace, in the coffee industry, uh, nutrition, all of the good stuff. And in this last episode of the series, we're going to be talking about the role that coffee plays in community. Nicole, I have um, a lot of kind of, I think about this a lot. I think about the role that coffee plays um, at origin where coffee is grown and how coffee is harvested and processed and the role that community plays in that side of things around coffee. I also think a lot about the role that uh, coffee plays as a community builder within our industry. And the role that coffee plays in the community as a community builder, because the cafe itself uh, or coffee as a drink is what people really do commune around based on different cultures, obviously. But whether we're drinking coffee in Ethiopia where, or in Yemen, where coffee was born and here in the Middle East, uh, coffee is an integral part of the culture for millennia. I agree. <laughs> what what role do you see that coffee plays as a community builder? Because for us, it's pretty in the industry, it's pretty obvious to us that people commune around coffee. What what are your thoughts on it though? Like you, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I feel um it's so fundamental to mm. to so many of our lives. So I have that perspective that, you know, it's it's something that takes time to drink. Um, it gives people that opportunity to share stories, you know, with friends and colleagues. People connect over story. Um, and so it's such a foundational part of building relationships, I think, in our society. 
Um, you know, I think we said in one of the earlier episodes, you know, people say, you know, let's meet for a coffee. Like it's Mm. all about connection. Um, so I definitely have that perspective on it. Um, and then, you know, from more of a workplace perspective, I just have that, um, you know, that feeling it really creates a bit of an ecosystem within like say even the CBD. So it's like, um, small coffee vendors in the CBD rely on, you know, big corporates bringing their staff back into the office so Mm -hmm. that then, you know, it keeps them alive um, as coffee vendors. And then big corporates rely on the little coffee vendor because everyone loves going out for a coffee, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's their place to share to share that story. So I think it it does it it shows that we all all are so interconnected and reliant. Um, on coffee as a as a social connector. Mm. Just as an aside, there, folks, CBD in Australian is like downtown, so yeah. <laughs> central business district. Central business so like district. the fin- <laughs> the financial district or the downtown area. Um, but but it is in 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 Australia uh, and in many cities around the world. Um, people coffee businesses are used as a social lubricant. Mm-hmm in a lot of societies during the day, during the workplace day. You know, you can't go, you shouldn't be going out and drinking alcohol while you are uh, at work. So people go to cafes and and drink coffee as a way to either connect uh, or to um, meet other people or have meetings or whatever it is. And that's how people are finding their ways to build community during the day. They go to bars mm. or restaurants or whatever in the evening. But the cafe seems to be a way that people are building community during the day. I, I tell people a lot that in Australia, you know, children are from when they're one, they're taught to drink baby chinos. It's a part of the way that we help our whole society become interconnected. The, the laptop is not really welcome in cafes in in Australia, right? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> we don't give out the Wi-Fi password in Australia. Um, but in most other societies, that is what happens. In over here, um, it's a very different thing because uh, Dubai is probably different to, to some of the other Emirates and Middle Eastern countries. But cafes here take the place of the bar. Nice. So because alcohol isn't something that is consumed by local uh, the uh, the Muslim population here. So you go to a cafe at night and most cafes stay open till 1am. It's filled with local Emiratis. Mm-hmm. Why? Because this is where they, they meet other people mm-hmm. and this is where mm-hmm. they perhaps, you know, go on a date or meet up with their social circles or, or those kinds of things. However, in places like America, when I lived there, you would walk into a cafe and there was laptops everywhere. So your cafe was kind of the opposite of what would happen for community. People were going to work alone together yes. so that they didn't so feel still, alone. Yes, so it's, it's still weird. a sense of community, isn't yeah. it? We're all working here independently <laughs> on our laptops, but it still gives me a sense of community, yeah. And I've got some side eye going on there so that I can look at the other person and yeah. I can I can have a conversation through eye contact. But yeah. it seems to be really important for people 
as society gets lonelier and lonelier and lonelier, it seems to be the reason that people tend to come together. 100%. And sometimes, you know, for for older people, you know, who might may like um, have lost their partner or something, it's a place mm. where they go to actually connect with other people in the day um, or actually to see someone outside of the house. So uh, I do think it's such a foundational part of our society. Um, it helps us, you know, have ritual you know, we go in there for our morning ritual and coffee, you know, set up traditions where we meet with our friends on the weekends, uh, that sort of thing. So it, I, I think it's really a great, great thing for collaboration and connection. I I don't know if you've ever seen how coffee gets harvested in Ethiopia. Have you ever seen any of that in Africa? No. It is beautiful. Because they're singing around it, um, there is it's it's a very kind of community oriented. It's same thing in Central America. A lot of it gets done that way, where the pickers work together, um, and and it's it's this beautiful kind of connectedness that happens as the harvest goes on, where people are picking in tandem. Um, Let's not talk about all the other socially dysfunctional things that happen with pay rates and all that kind of thing. But what you do hear from a lot of pickers is that there's a community element of it Mm -hmm. that's very important to their way of life. Yeah. What I'm starting to realize is actually this is a question. For somebody like me where I work on my own and I'm – I don't have a, I'm not married, I don't have kids. Um, What's the difference between somebody like who doesn't have that connectedness in their everyday life, in the way that they work, et cetera, et cetera, versus people who work in communities? Like I feel very happy and fulfilled, but I definitely see a difference between other people like me Mm. and people who work in communities like that. There's a difference in the richness of the life that they live. Am I seeing that? Yeah, weirdly. Well, I think you know we we can you know we can learn from like those people in the blue zones. They're the people who live the longest in the world, and they're in five different areas across the world. Yet, and so they all eat different foods, but what they do have in common is that social connection is a massive part of. Uh, all of their lifestyles. So it's very much, you know, um, meeting with their friend, walking to the shop, you know, sitting in groups, meeting with their family, eating meals together. So there's a lot of that social connection. I think it's it plays a big part in terms of happiness and longevity. Um, and certainly, you know, in the workplace, like, uh, you know, if you've got good relationships at work, you probably happy to go to work, you know, you're keen mm. to go to work, you you want to see your work colleagues, um, you know, you get on well with them, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that connection piece, there's a, there's a lot in that which, you know, I'm sure there's been lots of studies on as well um, to say that it probably does have some influence on, you know, that level of happiness and longevity. And I guess my final question there is, and it might take a second to to unpack this, when you talk about 
happiness and going to work and people feeling community at in the workplace and feeling satisfied. The other side of that coin is when people feel stressed about their work because they either don't fit in in the workplace, they're not getting paid well, um, or a number of other reasons. Mm-hmm. If we tie that back to nutrition and well-being, the role that that level of stress plays on you can sometimes be a downward spiral. A lot of people in the coffee industry experience this. What words do you have for people when it comes to being able to catch themselves um, and support themselves through a process as they navigate that from a nutritional perspective and a well-being perspective? Yeah, so I think um, as as we've sort of talked about through all these episodes, it's sort of nutrition is one of those things that, you know, sometimes we can um, grab hold of because we've got a little bit more control over that. Like mm-hmm. if if you're experiencing um, something in the workplace that's out of your control, even burnout, they've, they've linked to actually what's happening in the workplace more so than the individual. So there's a lot of things that might be out of your control, but if you if you can focus a little bit more on your nutrition, um, we know that some of the best advice these days is to actually increase the diversity of of the plants that you're eating in your diet. Wow. So not just vegetables. Um, so things like less vegetables, fruits, legumes, nuts, seeds, whole grains. Whole grains. A lot of people are cutting out carbs, but whole grains are the actual. Um, part of the diet that is most linked to longevity. So we definitely really? want to be making sure we include some whole grains in the diet. Um, so what is a whole grain? Mm-hmm. Um, so think about think about brown rice. Um, it's got the outer layer, um, not to say that white rice is not nutritionally beneficial, but the, the brown rice grain is a whole grain. It's got the whole right. component that hasn't been stripped. So things like that, barley, uh, rye, you know, um, quinoa, buckwheat, sorghum, teff, you know, some of those other grains wow. as well. So, yeah, so including a wide variety of those so you can support different populations of good bacteria in the gut. So if I'm just eating broccoli mm-hmm. every day is my only vegetable, I support the bacterial species that like broccoli in my gut, but then potentially all the other species in there that like, you know, cauliflower, carrots, corn, whatever, whatever, are starving to death because right. I'm just eating broccoli. Um, so we, if we have more variety, more colour um, in the diet, we're more likely to be able to get those nutrients, those prebiotics in there to support those beneficial bacteria. And then they produce good compounds to help um, make our gut wall nice and strong, reduce inflammation in the body, help us, um, you know, avoid chronic disease, hopefully, of course, as part of that, reduce our risk of mental health and uh, uh, mental health conditions like depression as well because we're we're supporting, um, you know, that reduction in inflammation, which they think is at the heart of even that food mood benefit. Wow. Yeah. So, Amazing. yeah, so diversity is key. Um, yeah. And as I said, I think in one of the other episodes, it doesn't mean you can't eat, uh, you know, 
meat, chicken, fish, uh, those sorts of things. But we definitely want to have lots of diversity in plants in whatever dietary pattern that you do choose. This has been such a great series. You're the first dietitian that we've had on the podcast. I hope you'll come back um, because this has been really enlightening and I have a million more questions still. So thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate it. Um, You're welcome, Lee. Where can people find out more about what you're doing? Um, so I think one place that they could go, they, they could go to our goodnutritionco.com website. On there, we have a workplace wellbeing checklist, mm-hmm. which is basically helps them um, look at, at their workplace and just see are they sort of looking at some basic factors that could really improve the nutritional um, adequacy of 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 their workplace, mm-hmm. um, even a nutrition policy, things like that. Um, so they can they can get that for free. So the mm-hmm. checklist, and then I would say, you know, if something has resonated with them today, definitely reach out, get hold of an accredited practicing dietitian or a registered dietitian in your area, um, and book yourself a one on one consultation because. Even as dietitians, we love talking to other dietitians. We can all pick up something that may benefit our health and well-being um, in the long term. Amazing. Thank you so much for this series. Would you sign us off for this series? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. So My peace, pleasure. love and peanut butter. <laughs> Have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. And don't forget Thanks, to check everyone. the show notes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode, friends. Please don't forget to show us some love by subscribing, liking, commenting, and most of all, sharing this podcast with your friends. Check the show notes for links, including our sponsors and our Patreon. And stay tuned for more great conversations on the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward.